This podcast is sponsored by Canaan Valley Spa and Wellness Center in Davis, West Virginia, a new destination in Canaan Valley. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more. to the Exceptional Parents Extraordinary Challenges podcast. We've had our week hiatus and we're back. And I got to say, first of all, Angie, I don't want to forget you, even though I'm getting so enthralled with our guest here today. So (laughs) it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to be back in Canaan Valley, West Virginia after a couple of weeks of traveling. Yeah. So we have today, we always surprise each other with a guest, but it's the first time that I heard Angie say I wasn't ready for this one. (laughs) (laughs) that's all I've been trying to do on this is actually shock Angie and I've succeeded. So we'll wait this, our final podcast. And declare it. <laughs> but I'm here today with my beloved wife and partner and fellow, my co-parent of her children and my daughter and it's Julie Reeves. So I've talked about her a lot. And I think some of the people think I make her up because of the way I talk about her. <laughs> First of all, that she's actually real and she does exist and she does seem to like me. And before we get, just to set a little bit of the table is that Julie has been in this this co-parenting journey as a step-parent and as my partner, and which I think probably a lot of the people listening have situations similar to this, which is challenging. And has also been, I got stereophonic genius and boundary setters in my ears. I've got Angie on one ear and I've got Julie on the other. And so much of the wisdom that Angie has shared is wisdom that Julie shares as well and vice versa. So anyway, first of all. And Angie, I'll just say again how grateful I am that you came into David's life so I don't have to be the one these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <laughs> <Not> today. <laughs> it's great to have you on the podcast with us, Julie. I'm happy to see you. And yes, Julie and I have partnered in the process of helping Dave see this difficult parenting experience that he is continuing to enjoy, I'll use that word, moving forward and with his beautiful daughter and the challenges that she faces. And I think it's a great thing to have you with us today and to be able to give our listeners an opportunity to hear from you as a step-parent. As I've shared on this podcast, I'm also a step-parent and and it's a beautiful, lovely experience and a wonderful role to step into. And it's also one of great challenges. And then when you add in a child who's now a young adult with some extraordinary challenges, then, you know, that can make it even more interesting to be in that role. So maybe we could just start a little bit um, in this podcast by having you talk about being in this role of stepmother along Dave in this journey with Abby. Sure. Yeah. When David and I talked about doing this podcast and me being on it, the one of the things that one of the most clear memories that I have that comes to me first is way back in the beginning of his and my relationship. And so we're new. We're in like the enthralled stage of our love being revealed and just steeping in that. And then there was, it took me a little while, but not very long, to see that his impression, David's impression of his daughter was very different than what was actually going on. And that he he had his blinders on at that point. And I silently watched for a while until I was absolutely certain that 
I was seeing closer to what the facts were than he was. I want to start with this example because it's so painful. It's just painful all around. It is really difficult. You're in a new relationship and you're in just the, like I said, the honeymoon phase of that relationship. But things happening with the your beloved's child that they aren't seeing. And it's a really difficult position to be in. And it's very painful. And it's a painful process of coming to the place where you finally go, I have to say something. Yeah. Can't not say anything anymore. And for me, that point was when it was really clear to me that Abby was stealing from her dad. And he had no idea. It was completely, he was completely blind to it. And even though it was right under his, <laughs> under his nose, he had to try really hard to not see it. Really good at. And I'm sure that a lot of parents are. But yeah, she was stealing money from him and then going out with her friend and paying for all kinds of stuff in the little shops underneath the apartment complex where he lived. And it just didn't register to him, like, where is she getting this money? You know, and human nature is that we want to kill the messenger, right? And I'm pretty aware of that tendency. And it was a difficult conversation to have. He didn't want to see it. He wanted to make me wrong. But to also give David credit, he's 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 a very self-reflective person. And he's really capable of weighing the information that is coming in. And he trusted me, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's really a big part of it. It didn't take him long before he was saying, okay, I see what you're saying. And okay, yes. I don't think he, I think it took a while and probably a long while before he completely accepted that, yes, this is true. My own daughter is stealing from me. Yeah. The lying, I'm jumping here. The lying was actually, I think, harder for him in many ways. And he can speak to that. And harder in that it took longer. I think from my perspective, the lies, just, I hate to say it, it's Abby's default to lie. And I think that's taken years and years to see. I think that has taken much longer for him to really see than the stealing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying all of that, because I think that is very representative of a lot of the parental situations that I've dealt with through the years and folks who are listening or watching this podcast. And it's not an easy role to be in at all. And I want to talk a little bit about the comment you made about killing the messenger, shooting the messenger. When you're in the parental role and your child is facing some hard things, for many parents, the first the first avenue is who's doing this or what's happening to my child? You know, what, what's being done to my child? We want to defend our children. That's a natural instinct of a parent, right? And so going to that place of defense, of course, then there has to be somebody wrong. And so then that becomes you as the step parent who's saying, oh, wow, I'm seeing all of this happen. And this person that I newly love is not aware of it. And I may be putting words in your mouth, Julie, and let me know if I am, but I get the feeling. And I know for myself that I had to have the thought process of if I want to be in this relationship and I want this relationship and this family to be successful, I have to be able to speak up. Was that a thought that you had before saying something to Dave? Wow. 
It was probably something similar. I knew that David and I were in a forever relationship. And that this was something that was going to have to be out in the open. It could, the relationship couldn't, it was against everything that we were building between us and stealing and just the relation. Yeah. What that said about relationship to just allow that to happen unspoken. I knew that it had to be raised. Plus I just quite, there were so many factors, Angie, for one, I wouldn't have my own kids around that. He needed to become aware of this because otherwise I wasn't going to let my children be around that dynamic where he's just allowing his daughter to lie and steal and not addressing it. And also I'm just the kind of person who there was no, it was choiceless. I can't just shut my mouth about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of questions. One, how old was Abby when you two first, when you got to this point where you were close enough that you began to see these things? Yeah, she was in seventh grade. Both of our daughters were the same age. My oldest child, Isabella, is two weeks older, 10 days older than Abby. Um, We're in the same class at school, actually. Oh, seventh grade. Okay. So it's been several years now that you've been a part of this, that you have this this extended family, this blended family, that it hasn't been... Uh, for everyone, I know some of the ins and outs of this journey that they've been on, which all our listeners don't know everything, but it hasn't been a perfect journey at all. And I know that it's been challenging on many fronts. And Dave, I want to put you in the hot seat for a second. So you're the dad, you're the dad, and you've talked a lot about your journey with Abby and how hard it was to come to these realizations that your daughter needed more than what you and her mom were really able to give her in order for her to have some healing and to move forward in her life. And so now here you are in this beautiful new relationship with Julie, and it's absolutely a forever relationship. I know you guys well enough to know that. But as a dad, how did you manage the feelings that came up for you when you have this new person in your life who's coming to you and saying, hey, your daughter is stealing from you. Your daughter is lying to you and you don't see it. Talk about that a little bit. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode of Exceptional Parents and Extraordinary Challenges is being brought to you by Mindfully Aware. Mindfully Aware is my company. And through Mindfully Aware, we offer services for folks who are looking for ways to find healing in their lives or looking for ways to just live a more intentional life and finding true purpose and meaning. So if you're interested in the services, you can visit our website, livingmindfullyaware.com. You can also reach out to me directly, mindfulangie at gmail.com. Yes. So first of all, when the nature of our, when our love was revealed, there was such an ease and a transparency and an authenticity to that relationship. And I'm not just saying that because she's sitting here, it makes for good copy. It was not just the woman beyond my dreams, but it was relationship beyond my dreams because I could just be myself. And I could, and and there was no room. It really like, like if there was any untruth between us, our relationship started to falter. Yeah. And as someone who was advising us through this said that there can't be any specks of dust in the channel. So yeah. I like so just to set that context that it wasn't like, 
oh, we could ignore some things but not others. It was just in the nature of who we were. So that's the waters in which we're swimming and this is happening. Then to answer your question, because I was thinking as Julie was talking, I get a little bit of PTSD through this. I'm sure she is as well. <laughs> is one, my relationship with Abby predated her. So she had home court advantage. Yeah, you recognize that's just natural. Yeah, I've got this relationship with her. And then, so one is just realizing that, again, she had longevity on her. She was first in. There's a certain amount of benefit of the doubt, favoritism, whatever you want to call it that comes with that. Second thing is that I, you know that she's going to feel threatened by this new relationship. It was easy for her to triangulate with her mother and I because we didn't have, we were, during the marriage, it wasn't like this. And after, and as we broke, as we split up, it wasn't, she wasn't threat. She had her dad, right? Okay. competing. And now here I am, someone else is coming in life. So just naturally recognizing that one, she's first in two, I'm trying to lessen the blow and saying, hey, don't worry about it. You're number one, you're number one. So that's just how the thing got set. That's how it gets set up. And that's what I'm going with. And then, so constantly, and I'm sure every step, every parent with a step parent feels the same way is like, you feel like you're juggling competing interests and there's just not enough to go around. There's not enough favoritism. It's like a zero, it feels like a zero sum game. That every time if I'm showing love to my Julie, then I'm taking away from my daughter. And if I'm siding with my daughter, it's going to that. And that is just, that's what, that's the waters that you're swimming in as well. So just in terms and of course, Abby didn't hesitate to point that out. Let's just throw that. And, you love her more than you love me. And I, tell you that one thing that Julie was very, this created some friction, you know, tension. And But Julie was not going to let me collude with my daughter against her, which was my natural inclination. The natural inclination is going to be collude. And even if you're not overtly colluding, you're going to get off in the car and you're going to want to say, don't worry, Abby, I'm still with you. And I recognize this about my, and she was wrong about this. And, and the collusion could be very direct or it could be very subtle. And so one, it is so destructive. You can't, you think you're getting away with something and you're not. The repercussions for that are so dramatic and so immediate that the, te the temptation to collude is something that I would just tell everyone, don't do it. But also, she was, some of the first bluffs is when I did that and I didn't realize how much I was violating our relationship. I was violating her trust. I was violating the honesty that we that would form the basis of it. But the short version for my long answer is that you know, what you feel is you feel conflicted loyalties, you feel torn. You feel that somehow you got it. You have to show the faults of your partner so that the child doesn't feel threatened by the new love in your life. And then obviously, and I haven't even gotten to it. I'm not going to now because I want back to Julie. It's just what it's like to hear what she had to say, which I'll say for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both for going into some very vulnerable places with your relationship. And I think, like I said, I think this is something that so many parents um, especially in blended families experience. And when you got to the point where the realization, Dave, you've talked about it, you had the realization of things that were going on with Abby that you weren't aware of. And so your relationship obviously continued to grow. And, and Julie, you have two children who entered into the family and it, it wasn't easy. And we don't have to go into detail about all the, the issues that come up, but I'm, I am curious about your thoughts as being the mom. And one of the things you said is, I won't I wouldn't have my children around that situation where I have a parent who's ignoring these behaviors, right? And as a mom also, same. I can absolutely agree with that. And so then you want to have this blend, blended family and and so you're bringing your children in and there's Dave and Abby and you guys are coming in to be a whole family. And then things got sticky in your family situation. So maybe just as a mom, 
maybe talk a little bit about what that's like when you're trying very hard to be the best mom you can be and also be the best stepmom you can be and how those waters get muddied and then what that feels like and maybe what were some of your strategies for working through that? Yeah, our... This is probably not where anyone expects me to start this answer, but our ideas really can be such a detriment to us. So I think I can, and human beings in general, I I think I can speak for David and myself when I say we started off with some kind of fairy tale idea of, oh, my kids are going to love you eventually. We didn't think it would happen Mm -hmm. right away. Your daughter will love me and we'll just be this happy family, you know, blended family. And it might take a while, but we'll get there. I had no doubt we would get. And then at some point along this rocky road, I had to come to the realization of that's not going to happen. And That realization was, as long as it took me to get to that point where I let my ideas about what was going to happen just fall away, it took much longer for David. This was his daughter. He had all kinds of ideas for what gifts he was going to be giving her by allowing her as an only child, is one example, to come into a family and be part of a family with some siblings and step-siblings and all the things she was going to get to do as a result of our relationship and this new family that she never had before, much harder for him to let go of those ideas. Um, But that was a key part, is letting go of how we thought life was going to be and what it was going to look like. Because it wasn't. That's just creating more conflict and more suffering. It's just prolonging the pain. When you, when we realized, when I'll speak for myself, when I realized, oh, that's not what's happening here, and I got on board with what was actually happening, then it becomes so much less painful. You're just in the moment by moment acceptance of what is, rather than how you want it to be. You're just mm-hmm. fighting against what is. So I don't mean to sound philosophic about this. It was very practical. It was. It helped our situation tremendously. I. It was. One of the things we did a lot in the early years was we'd go on trips together, and it, those were always so difficult. Sometimes it's painful to look back on. In some ways, it's amazing that we made it through, that our relationship made it through. Because th- this is just, it's such difficult and painful stuff when there's me, and I had ideas too about what I thought a stepmom was supposed to be. And that I should be able to completely love and accept and adore my beloved's daughter. And, but there was so many things that were hard to adore. Of course, I could say I love her. There are so many, but do, there were so many times when she was really difficult to like. And that's painful. That is a painful recognition for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we would be on like on a vacation, on some trip somewhere. And just invariably, the difficulties would come up from the very beginning, and it would just get worse and worse. From And there came a point where I just had to, I had to reconcile with myself that I just wasn't going to have my kids around some of this. As much as I wanted to successfully blend our families, as much as I wanted to welcome Abby into our home. We tried and we tried. 
and it wasn't working and it didn't work. And at some point it, it became so clear to me that this is not something that I am willing to subject my own kids to anymore. And that, I think, I think by that point, I've gotten so much, I'd set boundaries so many times that in a way that this was easier, but it was difficult to have to say to my husband, I'm not willing to do this. I'm not willing to have my kids be around this dynamic anymore. And fortunately, I had some third party support in that. So it wasn't just me because again, as good as our relationship is, and as much as we love and adore each other, it's really easy to turn against your partner in those moments and say, oh, it's just you want to give up or you aren't trying hard or and David didn't do that. He may have thought some of those things, but he didn't say them. At- <laughs> it was helpful to have some third-party people who said, no, this is absolutely what you have to do. You, your own kids have to come first, and you have to look out for what's best for them. By this time, we're several years into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really important point to make. And Dave, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to ask some more hard questions here in a minute. And I just want to point out, because I do have the great pleasure of knowing this beautiful couple and their family, and I don't want our listeners to think that, you know, your children, Julie, are absolutely perfect and do everything 100% right, and that Abby's the one who does everything wrong, because that's not realistic either. All kids have challenges. All kids have their own things. And this wasn't that type of situation at all. And I just want our our listeners to understand that, that the choice that you made as a parent and as a step-parent was not an easy one for you to make. And being able to set that boundary, yes, you had a lot of practice at setting that boundary. And I think, Dave, there have been times that you also have had to put Abby first, even if it puts you in disagreement with Julie and what she was saying at that time. And so as parents, there are moments where we always have to put our children first, no matter what that situation is. That's just, that's the truth of being a parent. So I just want to put that out there. And, And Dave, then the hard question for you is, how were you able to stay in this family? Because I know you adore your stepchildren very much, and you've done a lot to help them through this whole journey. And so how have you been able to stay so present with your stepchildren and in this loving relationship without building resentment or jealousies or feelings that would drive a wedge between you and the family? Because as parents, we do this comparison thing. My kid's this and your kid's that. And, and I can say that as a step-parent. I know this. And Dave, that that's a tough question for you. How have you been able to stay in this without letting yourself go to that place of being resentful or jealous or the sadness that I know you have because that blended family that you wanted really didn't come to fruition? I would say that I have not been able to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Great honest answer. <laughs> I experienced all of that. Yeah. I experienced all of that. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. My daughter, and I watched the way these kids are. And of course, all that's guilt. Oh, if I'd have been a better dad, then my kids would have turned out like her kid. Whatever, whatever you're going through that. So I was resentful. I was jealous. I was conflicted. I was, res- I was angry. I was shooting the messenger. I'm doing all of those things. Okay. So first of all, I want everyone to know it's okay. If you're pretending you're not. It's just going to bubble up somewhere else. And one of these days, you're going to tear somebody's hair out, either your, your spouse or your own or your kids or something. So one, there's the freedom of that. But to speak to the essence is that the honesty that we, it's the basis of our relationship. 
and I don't mean just honesty, like not lying, but just the truth and facing the truth, whatever it was, that's my polar, that's my tuning fork. Whatever it is that I have people listening, whatever it is that you, it is your your place that you go to, whatever that solid place is, that's where you got to go to and be able to return to that and say, okay, you know, th- you can have all the emotions you want, but to be able to return to a place of sanity and objectivity, be able to move from there is, I think, is part of the key. And I don't know if this helps anyone else. <laughs> is I just love this woman so damn much that I was not going to let anything come in between us. Yeah. Nothing. And it doesn't mean I love her more than my daughter. It just means that I was not going to allow my my attachments, my refusal to see things, my dreams that I was holding on to so desperately. I couldn't have dreamed this family up as a better place for my daughter to land. That was not like, oh, oh you know, what is a nice idea, but it ain't working. So what the hell, you know, move on. No, everything that I wanted for my daughter was here. Everything I could hope for a daughter be from because of the mother that Julie is and the family that she raised. So it was incredibly painful to let go of that. But whatever it is we love the most is what carries us through. And eventually, I'm fortunate, of course, with your help and life's help and Julie's partnership, is I realized that the most loving thing I can do for my daughter is to let go of those dreams, to not superimpose it, to not allow to not indulge in those things that you talk about resentment jealousies whatever the hell it is but my love for my daughter is such that knowing that holding the boundary in myself and with her is the greatest loving gift that i can give to her yeah that's beautiful and i think that's really important and we do spend a lot of time talking about that on this podcast just the two of us me and dave and then with a lot of guests that we've had on about holding loving boundaries with our children. So I thank you for sharing all of that. And really do thank you for being honest. And yes, those feelings exist. And we would not be human if we weren't feeling those things. And so acknowledging them. And I think, you know, Julie, for you, allowing him the space to have those feelings and not going into judgment of him for having those feelings is very important to the success of your relationship. And it's, We can become polarized and you guys could be living in the ultimate example of the unholy trinity that we talk about so much with that triangle. And yet you have not. You've been able to find ways to move through that. And I think one of the most important concepts that, Dave, you just mentioned is the honesty piece to just being really honest, honest with yourself and honest with your partner about what you're feeling, where you are in the process. And then the partner also giving space for what does that mean and what does the other person need in terms of space, in terms of support or in terms of just nothing. There's it, there's not always an action. There's not always something to do. Sometimes we just have to be and sometimes we just have to allow. And so when we're in a relationship with someone, it's not ever just smooth sailing, but it's about the commitment, the honesty and the non-judgment piece, in my opinion. I think those things are very important. And when you're in a family where there's a child with an extraordinary challenge, those things, I think, become even more important. Some of the things that I run into when I'm working with parents in this situation is that reaction. One parent or both parents are having these strong reactions to the situation that's occurring. And because the relationship is strong, then they will lash out at each other. And Dave, you talked about that a little bit. You would shoot the messenger. But I think giving space and really not being reactionary is very important to all of that. Because I think had either one of you been in that space of just having an emotional reaction without taking the pause, the great pause, 
to look at the situation and then and also what is the outcome that you're looking to have. Does that ring true for both of you? Is that something that you feel like you use through this? I think you just exactly described my perspective of it looking back. I don't I'm not going to say there was never a moment when David was resentful or angry or judgmental or anything that I didn't react to that. When I look back on it as just the arc of the past and how we got through this, I feel like none of it's the end of the world. He's just feeling what's natural to feel. And of course, he's going to feel all kinds of feelings. Of course, he's going to feel jealous sometimes. Of course, he's going to feel resentful. Of course, he's going to sometimes just feel angry. Like he got the short end of the stick. But it's just not the end of the world. It's just not that big of a deal. You just feel what you feel and he I, just let him feel it. And then it goes and you move on. I'm not done with that. That road isn't done. That road hasn't, we haven't gotten to the dead end of that road. <laughs> he feels resentful or jealous. There's still times when he feels terrible that how come I got this family that I have and he didn't? It's just really a non-issue. I just feel like it's a non-issue. Of course, he's going to feel these things. As long as he's mm-hmm. going to feel them. When, they, when those emotions are done, they'll be done. And until then, they're going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. And saying that you you haven't reached the dead end of this road. No, you're still on this journey. And that's where I wanted to go next. We know that Abby's living her life and Sometimes that's really super chaotic and sometimes it's somewhat calm. And Dave has really done an amazing job of letting go of those expectations. You talked about a little bit of putting his idea of what is what success for her is on her and just allowing her to create her life, create her own level of success and all of that and holding the healthy boundary in a loving way. And so you're still on this journey. Um, You're still on this journey and you still have your children that are continuing to move through their lives of into the young adult world. Right. And so you're still very much on this parenting journey together. So now that all of the children are older and moving out into their own part of the world, what does it look like now? Like now that I guess the question I have is, do you have more time to devote to each other and how much of the past parenting challenges come up now? Or do they? And how do you continue to move forward in a cohesive way with young adult children? It's so different now because Abby went away to wilderness, was it five years ago? We just had the five-year anniversary? Six. Six? Six in September. Okay, so five years ago plus five and a half. That life just got so much easier then. It's sad to say that, but it's all, it's just the truth. We, We didn't have to worry about how do we bring her in? How do we involve her in the holidays that we want to spend together? How do we take her on a vacation and have it not be nothing but just one traumatic event after another? And she was away for four of those five years. Yeah. So she was away for a good amount of time. And yeah, there was just this ease. And then she's been back for a year plus now. And, but it's still been, it, it's sad to say, but the truth is she's just not in our lives. She's just, she's, she doesn't have enough stability in her own life to be part of our life. And when I say that, I'm not like our family's life. She's part of her dad's life, of course. I'm here on the periphery, but 
there's still there's still so much chaos, so much drama that we don't she's we don't have interactions with Abby. This, I do. I don't necessarily think that we never will. Life the same. So life is continually unfolding. It's so we're unfolding towards something. I don't know what that will look like. If there's ever an opening where she can enter back into our family as we are, we're here. But that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And I have a mm-hmm. kind of a remember they even reply to your question. But there's a point where I know that Julie loves me so much and wants nothing but my mm-hmm. happiness, my greatest happiness. And so I know she's not withholding love from my daughter. She's not doing any of those things. There's a where the relationship just becomes so primary that you start to trust it. And there's just less of proje- less projection, less mm-hmm. worrying about oh, she's jealous. whatever the crazy stuff that comes into your head. You just realize that your does indeed want what's best for you and loves you and would like to give I know Julie would love to give me the gift. I think that was one of the things she had to let go of. This was a gift that she had to give to me. It was her family. But she lost. She didn't get to give that gift to me. It wasn't just me losing that. That's painful. So, yeah. And the other thing, and I don't know if this answers your question, but I was just thinking about it, that when I, when Abby was in Wilder, we talk about, okay, you're this far in your parenting journey, and you've gone through this, and you've gone through that, and you've transcended this, and you've transcended that. When I went to my first parents meeting when Abby was at wilderness and we're going through whatever parent stuff, I realized that I raised my daughter the same way I raised my dog, which isn't good. My dog's entitled. (laughs) (laughs) Then all the things that that they, that my wife and stepchildren complain about honey bears the same way I got with Abby. So it's, even if I'm coming to grips with how I do my daughter, it's all about, it's still, these are things you learn about yourself. Because this is what you're doing with your child is a microcosm or a model for everything you're doing everywhere else. So even though I am certainly much better, one thing of learn, the letting go I've had to do with Abby has certainly served me in every part of my life as a model for that. I know what it feels like, I know what it's like to, to run away from things. I know what it's like to cling to things that you've outgrown and have that are past their expiration date. So that's all great. But also just realize this is just about me. It's not about Julie. It's not about Abby. It's not about my dog. It's about how I'm relating to life and how I could be more open and honest, transparent and loving. And that it's just that's that journey never ends. And I don't want it to end. I always want to be more transparent and more loving and more authentic. So I guess the point is, I don't know if people could take the takeaway there is that you'll learn whatever it is that your parenting challenges are revealing about yourself, revealing about every part of your life. And it's an opportunity to bring those. I don't call them lessons, but whatever, that growth into every part of your life. Yeah, I know. I think that's an important point. I know for me and my journey as a stepmom, there are a lot of years between my biological children and my stepsons. And when I met my husband, his sons at that time were one and two and a half, almost three. And so they were very young. So I've been in their lives for a very long time. And I had some of the same, some of the same ideas. I think one of the things, Julie, you said is ideas are hard for humans, and they are. I had some of those same ideas. I remember having the moment where I had to make the choice. Do I want to be in this role or do I not? Because my children were older at that point. And do I want to step into this role? Because it means taking on another family situation and and being a part of this for a long time. They're very young, right? 
And so you make that choice. And I made that choice. I made the choice to be in in the role. And it's been beautiful and it's been hard. And back to beautiful again and back to hard. It's definitely an ongoing journey. And they're both adults now and in their own lives. And none of them live at home. There were moments with both of the boys where I had to step back, where I had to let go of thinking of what I should be. (laughs) We should all over ourselves what I should be in their lives as a step parent. And even when I saw things that I disagreed with, and I won't say were right or wrong, but things that I disagreed with that my husband and their mother may have been doing at that point in time, I made the choice to step out of it. And when I say step out, I mean, I let go of my expectation and my need to control or manipulate what was happening, not stepping out of the relationship, still having love for everyone, being in the relationship with my husband and knowing I was a part of this blended family but stepping out of having those expectations or trying to put my 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 feet in <laughs> in the shoes that somebody else was trying to wear and i found that was very successful because as the boys continue to grow my relationship with them is different it's very loving and i appreciate them very much and i enjoy them when they're around and i don't feel i, I don't feel any guilt or regret about what did or didn't happen in my role as a step parent. And I think that's an important lesson for people. It was an important lesson for me to learn. And it wasn't, I talk about it like it was easy, but it wasn't easy because we had some really difficult scenarios come up with the boys. And I had to, for my own sanity, step back from it. I had to relinquish my ideas, my influence, my need for control. Um, because everyone knows what my profession is. So, you know, I'm, I know best. I know if we do it this way, I know. And it wasn't my job. It was not my job. It was not my role. And so I had to step back and just allow it to be whatever it was going to be and whatever happened and know that I didn't have to take any action. I could just be in that relationship. I could just be who I was in that moment. And I love that you said that, Julie, just moment by moment allow the feelings, whatever they are. And so for me as a stepmom, I had to allow myself to have those feelings, those emotions, and to also protect my own sanity in my relationship with my husband by stepping back from that and allowing it to just do whatever it had to do. And sometimes it went smooth and sometimes it blew up like a volcano. I was always on the periphery watching it happen. And I stay on the periphery and I get to be in that role. And now it's a great blessing. And I agree with you, Julie. I think that there will come a time where you will have a different relationship with Abby than you have now. And I think it will be positive. And I think there will be some recognition of what you've done through the years as the step parent and not just be the person in the unholy trinity that becomes the persecutor, right? So that dad gets to be the rescuer and Abby gets to stay in that victim role. And I experienced that. When I stepped completely out, then I couldn't be called anything. I couldn't be a role in the triangle. And that was really important, I think, for my husband, for the boys' growth, and definitely for me and my own personal well-being and sanity. So I don't know. Do, is that something you can relate to? I, it, it's beginning to make me wonder if there's just a path that inevitably unfolds. We allow it to unfold because I relate so much to what you just said. And I going way back to when you said that you made a choice. Did you want to be involved in this? That was such a key part for me. And I don't think it was one time I asked that question. It was many times in different ways with different 
with a different, different angle on it. Different decibel levels. Yeah. <laughs> the was back when we were still trying to blend the families and do things together. I had to be the one. I had a choice that I felt like I had to make because David was still the blinders were thoroughly on and no boundaries and just allow. And so there were just times when we were together, it was, it inevitably came to a point where if I wanted Abby to do something different, whether it was actually like carry her own luggage from the car to the hotel room, or that's just one example. I had to be, I had a choice that I was making. Am I going to speak up or am I going to tell him to speak up? Or am I going to just be quiet and let it go? And there's no possible way I was going to be quiet. I knew that, no, that this, like, Abby gets to have one existence is totally different than my kids. The expectations on my children were going to be completely different than what, than Abby. No, we weren't going to do that. And there was so much resentment that built up in me that, I was put in a, I felt like I was put in a position just time after time where I had to be the adult in the room. I had to be the one who would say, Abby, pick up your stuff. Abby, grab your own suitcase. Abby, you need to let somebody else listen to the music they want to listen to. And so there came a point where I asked myself the question in a different way. Do I want to be involved in this? And the different way was I knew I was going to stay involved in this relationship. So it was, do I still want to be in the role of a step-parent? And the answer that we came to, because it was a process, and again, we had third-party help, was, no, I'm stepping out of that role. And of course, I am her stepmother, but no, I'm stepping out. Um, I'm not going to tell her what she needs. To, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be the only disciplinarian. He needs to do it. He's her father. He needs to do it. And for us and I don't think this is inevitable, but for us, that really meant my children and I stepped out of the picture. And this happened simultaneously with a lot of other big events, like her going off to wilderness and all of these things where they were simmering in the pot at the same time. But eventually we did have to get to that point where I just decided for myself, for my own sanity, for the health of our relationship, that I was stepping out of that. I was just, I wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah. Pull up on that, because it sounds really harsh. I think a lot of things I've said yeah. sound harsh. And it, <laughs> they're not. Some bumper guards up here so people don't know. The, and they can't, especially the third parties look harsh. Like someone coming in, oh, I could give you that. Wait, but I want to say one thing. Okay, don't forget no, my I, thing. No, the, <laughs> I've gotten some feeling from some things you've said, Angie, and now David, that some of what I've said sounds harsh. I think it's just clear. It's clear. I had clarity. It wasn't right. harshness. It wasn't like what's going to be. It was, I got to a point where I had clarity. And clarity can look harsh from the outside, but it's not. It was a perfect setup. I knew I should be quiet. <laughs> Is they're not, These are natural consequences. Not punishment, a punishing oh, yeah. Abby by not there. Or we're not saying, okay, it's like you set your boundaries that, that do the most good for the most people. You make the most loving choices you can make in the next moment. And then the natural consequence is that that's what happens. And I think it's a different way what you said about clarity. 
see, these aren't choices that we made. No, they're not punitive. They're not even therapeutic. It's just like, hell, what are you going to do? And I think that takes so much of the judgment out. And it gets to some, a point I wanted to make, too, for parents in my shoes. You just can't give a damn what anybody thinks. But the hard part is knowing that my daughter was going to go back to her mother and say, you know what, Dad? He did this, and he chose Julie, and he maybe is, and then she's going to, and then Abby's mother's going to talk to her family and her friends and the whole world. But I'm feeling, okay, you just can't give a damn. Because that just clears, that just clears. And then I think the natural consequences become much more impersonal, too, when you're no longer getting how other people are judging the consequences, that they're just mm-hmm. natural. And I think part of what that I'm glad we have this moment and the people that can see it and the people that can just hear it can still hear it is we just love each other. Our relationship is solid and it's not bragging. It's just that when you think you're doing, I think if you can follow some of the guidance that Julie's had here and some of the models, you'll turn out okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to bring it to a close. We're running out of time, but I do want to say, I'm glad you said what you said about this seeming harsh, Julie, because I think that there are some people who would hear it and think that it's harsh, but it's not harshness at all. And I do the word clarity and it's an awareness. There's an awareness when you're in the role, when you're in this blended family, when you are committed to a relationship and how can you make that relationship work amidst a trying situation with a blended family. That's a tough thing that a lot of people face in our world. It's common. It's common with the parents that I work with. And I really appreciate your honesty and talking about the things you've talked about. And I believe that it is going to be helpful to others. And just for our listeners out there, regardless of whether you're in that step-parent or stepmother or stepfather role, whatever that, whatever that role is that you're in, having boundaries and understanding where you fit and knowing when you have to have space for your own personal well-being or that of other children in the family, that's really critical. And I think that you guys are a great example of how a relationship can survive and become stronger, even during trying times, because we really haven't talked about the actual trying times that you guys have faced, but they've been pretty big. They haven't been little minor things. Julie, you've talked a little bit about some examples of picking things up off the floor and grab your own suitcase. Those are incredibly minor things in the bigger picture of what you guys have been through as a family. It's been very trying. And your level of commitment to each other and I think your ability to allow each other to be in whatever emotions you're in. Julie's allowing you, Dave, to feel the resentments, the jealousy, the judgment, all of that. And Dave, you allowing Julie to have the space to just know when it was time she couldn't do that anymore, that it wasn't healthy. And I'll throw this in too. It wasn't healthy for Abby either. And when you chose to step back, that was for Abby's best interest as well. I know that for me too. It was in the best interest of my stepsons both times when I said, okay, I'm not going to be a parent any longer in this situation. I just, I really appreciate the honesty and sometimes brutal honesty that you guys have shared during this podcast. I think it's really important. And I'm I'm glad that our listeners are going to get the opportunity to hear it. And I, is it okay if we put both of your contact? Dave, obviously everyone knows how to get a hold of you, but Julie, is it okay if we include your contact information in the show notes for this in case there is a, another stepmom out there who would love to, to talk with you or email you and, or perhaps a dad who's in the role of Dave and not sure how to manage it? I think your insights could be helpful. And I want to make one more point, of course, not just to get the last word in so you can get the last word after I get the last word in. <laughs> 
I was thinking, I God bless Angie. I have a really good friend. He's practically family, and he and his wife are going through some stuff very similar to where he rewind that five years ago for me or six years ago. And I we got on the phone and yeah, went to Zoom and Angie. They were so grateful. I got to tell you. And afterwards, I told Julie. Dan said, I can't believe it. You were talking to all these different, he's from Pittsburgh. You were talking to all these different people. And, you know, that he goes, she's so real. I don't know if she's here <laughs> or what, but she's so real. Thank you for that. And also with Angie, just, I don't want to speak for it, but just as someone that you can reach out to and get some advice or whatever. So anyway, but the point, I've almost forgotten. I think I'm going to get it back. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. But it was clear from that, even though they're both parents, loving parents, it's almost like you're almost always going to have something similar to a step-parent dynamic, even in a non-blended family. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So just don't think, oh, this isn't for me because it's just step-parents. No, somebody is the one who is, there's a Dave and a Julie in every relationship. Yep, that's true. So just for everyone, to hear, if they go back to listen to this, listen through those eyes and think, ah, that's interesting. Yeah, great point. That's a great point. Yeah, and it was really nice talking with your friends. So I'm glad that they found it helpful. <laughs> So I guess that'll be the last word on this one, unless Dave's going to talk. Call them from me, so go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. We appreciate everybody listening in and feel free to reach out to us. Give us your thoughts. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you. Thanks. Right. Dave, I'll Thanks. see you next time. Thanks. I can't. I keep pulling these surprises on you, but I can't shake you. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm going to bring one of my... <laughs> I'm going to bring a dog on and sit honey next to me and see how you do with that. <laughs> Canaan Valley Spa is a world-class destination in Davis, West Virginia, providing an experience of wellness and comfort to visitors. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more.